You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast, where I tap into the minds of today's impact players so that you can learn from them and create a greater impact yourself, fulfilling your potential. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and today I sit down with Dr. Ashley Kumar. Ashley is my physical therapist, and she's been training with me for the last couple of months. Um, I've learned so much from her about how my body works, how the body works in general, and I've come to really learn the the magic and the mystery of the human vehicle, the human body vehicle. Um, But the reason why I wanted to bring her on the show is because whereas most traditional Western therapists will look at pain and injury and uh, symptoms and then treat those, Ashley looks at things more holistically, more spiritually, and ultimately she's looking at how do we get the body into uh, better alignment to prevent those injuries and the pain in the first place. So she looks at the spine and then she also looks at the mental emotional connection because if you think about it, the way that you think is going to manifest itself in your body. There's been plenty of studies that have shown that a person who's under more stress is actually going to create and deal with more physical pain because of that emotional state. So Ashley is not only looking at the full body and the physical body, but she's also thinking about and looking at mental state and as well as breathing. So again, I, uh, I've just learned so much from her in the last several months and I wanted to bring her on the program because these are things that I just, I didn't know before. I didn't even think about. And, uh, had I known about them, I would have prevented a lot more injury and, or I would have started to rehab some problem areas in my body that I didn't even really realize were there until now that I'm experiencing a little bit more pain, like in my shoulder and things like that. So we get into that a little bit more in the call, but with that, let's dive in. Here I am with Dr. Ashley Kumar. All right. I'm here with Ashley Kumar. Ashley, thanks so much for joining me today. Yes. Looking forward to uh, diving in and and hearing a little bit more about your expertise. So um, for the listeners, uh, can you just describe briefly what you do like what is your what's your I I don't even know what I call you my rehab specialist but I don't know if that's (laughs) accurate but um what is the official title yeah so I have my license is in a physical therapist so I went to school for physical therapy um I started off I was personal training and I would have to say like I am kind of a rehab specialist so um, I work with people all the way from the spectrum of injury to getting them back to working out and then I even do some personal training so I have a full spectrum, but my, my title is physical therapist. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, I've just been learning so much about what you and I have been going through. So for the listeners, uh, uh, I've, which of course we've come to find out some of other things and that from a, from an understanding standpoint, like that's really what kind of blew my mind was how much of what I thought my yes. physical ailments were, were really just symptoms of something much different. And oftentimes very simple, at least in concept, but, um, over time, you know, I'm 43 now, those things, your body tends to get out of alignment. And over time that, that stresses your body out, et cetera. So we're going to get into that a little bit and hopefully cover some things that, um, people don't necessarily think about and, and open their thought to, Hey, if I'm dealing with, you know, constant migraines or, or other, you know, physical uh, uncomfortableness that, that there may be something else going on and, and you can shed some light on that. So I guess my first question to you is, is what is one of the biggest uh, things that people don't 
know about when it comes to their physical body that they should know about that you've studied and learned and help other your clients understand? Yeah, I think it's hard because we live in our bodies every single day and all we have is our friends and our husband or wife or your loved ones to see you, right? You don't really see yourself every day unless you look in the mirror to get ready and then you go. So mm -hmm. I think like it's the biggest portion of this whole thing is the brain and just that unawareness factor. We live in these bodies, they're the machine, we just go, we have to work and their body is just on the wayside, right? And you just are always thinking about the task at hand. So I would say the biggest problem or complication that people get into is just lack of awareness of where mm -hmm. they are in space. They mm -hmm. have no idea that their head is, you know, three inches forward. And so I would say that's probably um, a, a pretty big issue right there is just lack of awareness to know, is your body in alignment all day? Probably not. Right. right. So one of the, this is, you've helped um, shed a lot of light on this for me personally um, and it might be a little bit difficult because most people will be listening to this and not necessarily viewing it, but um, just the simple, you know, just those three inches of, of one's head being pushed forward, which you can imagine in our day and age, if you're sitting at your computer, which most people do all day long, or they're hunched over looking at their phone, their heads, their shoulders, and everything is going to be forward. And all of that weight is pulling forward. Um, for those that are listening, why is that a bad thing? And how does that how does that one seemingly simple, tiny thing affect your body in much bigger ways down the road? Right. So if every inch that your head is forward, it's 10 pounds of pressure extra load to your neck, right? So say three inches, just three small inches, 30 pounds of pressure going in to try to hold your bowling ball head up all day long, those muscles in your upper traps. And we ask, why are my upper traps tight? Why is my middle back tight? And all of those things, they play into this. So if you stood yourself up against the wall and you can't get your head back, that's kind of that point where it's like, hmm, that's been there for a long time, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, you can't change the tissues sometimes past this point of no return. You can, it's just going to take a heck of a lot more work. So, um, you know, I think that it's, it's more actually um, with the forward head piece, it kind of all starts with the pelvis. So if your pelvis is off and you're sitting in that chair with that, you know, more we called in physical therapy world, sacral seating. So versus your ischial tuberosities, your sits bones. So if your pelvis is just in the wrong position, it's going to cause that whole spine to come off. But your phone is leading you to that position, right? So really the phone, you could say, is the problem. But it's also like, well, what if I just brought the phone up to my eyes and brought that whole piece up? it also starts to realign your pelvis in a better position and then your whole entire body aligns at your spine, kind of aligns underneath that pelvis. So once again, we're back to <laughs> lack of awareness, right? And those little cues go so far with people, um, especially like at the, the work at the desk. I think it's 85% of the population sits at a desk all day long, eight hours or more a day. So me just helping them to set their desk in the right position, their computer screen, their chair, all of this stuff. Sometimes you have to throw away the chair that you've been using just because it doesn't support you at all. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, really just changing the position of where your eyes land changes a lot of things all the way down, especially where that pelvis is sitting. And the pelvis is the key. It's just the gonna, foundation. I was just going to ask you how much, how much problems – originate from improper alignment of the pelvis so much yeah. i mean i'd say that that's because your pelvis is it's just like building a house right before my dad he um is a he, he does excavation work and he digs basements 
And I find myself, I'm kind of digging basements all day too on people, right? Because if you can't put that roof on that house until that basement's dug, right? So I've got to fix the pelvis before the head is placed, you know, in the, in the right position. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, even I, I would like to give you as example, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Um, so, you know, for, for you as a young kid, you had an injury to the left leg. You know, you're a right-sided person. So usually if it's going to be an overuse injury, it's going to be on the right side. So I, I don't commonly see people that are right-sided or dominant on the right side or dominant on the left side, whatever you want to say, have pain on the opposing side. So that takes me into, okay, what happened in your life, Pete? And you told me, I went mm -hmm. down a slide, I tore my quad or strained my quad or whatever it happened that day whenever you were real young. So your body broke, it kind of, your, your brain shut down that left side. Well, you were an athlete, you were strong, you got away with it for a long time. And then slowly the rib pain started happening and then the shoulder pain, the neck pain, the scapula pain. Why does that happen? Your brain had shut down that left side of that body on your leg, in my opinion. And then now all of a sudden, years later, years later, how many years? It's been 20, 25 years, yeah. 25 years. Your body is finally done compensating and it says it's a signal to crap for help and saying my shoulder hurts. But I would have to say the root problem is your hip. Yeah. So you've no longer in that pelvic position, potentially your hip has gotten weak because your brain shut down that side of the body. And then now it's going to travel up the chain. Once again, what are we at the pelvis and where it is in space? The pelvis is that keystone. I truly believe it. It's, it's just blown my mind how much of, you know, all of this for me, I, I'm, I'm backtracking into it, right? Because I'm, I'm dealing with unawareness and I'm only dealing with the pain that I was currently in. And so a few years ago, for the listeners, it was headaches. I, I would, I would uh, go physically exert myself. And it only happened when I was physically exerting myself to a very high degree for a consistent period of time. I could go for a little sprint. I could you know, do a little bit of a workout and I'd be more or less fine. But if I wanted to go play a soccer match, which I love doing, if I wanted to go do an endurance you know, race or something like that, which I wanted to do, but I just was hesitating because every time I would go past maybe an hour of physical activity, I would get these splitting migraines and it would just, I'd be done for the day. I'd yeah. be in bed for the rest of the day. And I dealt with that for probably a decade. And it wasn't until uh, I ran in an adventure race. And at the very end, of course, this is an uh, eight hour race. And at the end, I had a splitting headache. Met a chiropractor who said, I think it might be, a, he's like, no, your rib is out of place. I think it might be this. And he had, a, you know, a few off the cuff diagnosis on the, you know, on the fly diagnosis right there. And uh, so then it was a rib issue, right? And then I started doing more uh, physical training earlier this year uh, with primal uh, fitness. And then I started to realize, oh, it's really more my shoulder. Right? <laughs> and so it yeah. just like kept going back. And then I started talking to you and you're like, eh, it's probably the pelvis, you know? And uh, so you have to unwind all these and, you know, and, and then for me, it went all the way back to when I was, uh, I think it was junior high maybe, or even early high school where, yeah, I went down, we had a pool at my house and I went down the slide on my knees and there's a little portion of the slide, which goes almost vertical. It goes straight down for a half second. And I'm, I remember going down one time and, and something definitely torn my left leg, but it wasn't serious enough for me to you know, stop and do anything. It just, it, I was in a lot of pain. And then of course I remember my entire soccer career, especially in high school, just my left, like I could, I could barely get through games, but yeah. 
And so Uh there was your brain starting to communicate and just kind of shutting down. And so that's what I I mean. I deal with injury all day, every day. So I see it in a different light. Um, But your, your brain kind of, it's once that anything injury happens to you, whether what if it's just like a chronic injury, like you have poor posture and your neck starts to hurt your brain will kind of turn things off for you. It was your hip complex stopped just kind of firing because it was like, Oh, you're hurt. Shut down, shut down. And especially what I'm noticing with a lot of my patients is they do have a traumatic event whenever they're young, because you're young, you're young, your brain is so plastic. It's picking up everything and it's causing, it's kind of creating the wave of where you're going to be whenever you're 40, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's all of those habits that are starting to be created. So you start just your, your compensation picks up. We are the best compensating, you know, body out there, right? We are creatures of habit, And whenever we create, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, you're going to pick it up. So that kind of bad compensating habit just lived long with you and you know it exactly. You said it exactly, Pete, you go, well, I hurt my leg first. And then I noticed it was my breathing. Well, what is up top of your pelvis is your rib cage. So if your rib cage is also off, it's going to be off if your pelvis is off. So you want that pelvis to be in that neutral position, the rib cage stacked right over top of the pelvis, and then the shoulder girdle right over top of the rib cage. And everything, if we get those bones in alignment the way it was intended to be, the diaphragm will start to work properly. You know, the shoulder won't hurt. So you are the exact, like, cascade of events and it's been slow, but ongoing for you. Yeah. Um, that led to um, where you, you know, where, how you met me and all of that. So, yeah. yeah. And when you talk about the brain turning off those areas because they're injured or whatever, I mean, it literally was turning it off because there were times where, you know, we've been, had done sessions before and you're like, you know, fire this muscle right here. And I'm like, I, I literally, I have no I'm trying to flex that muscle and I don't know where it is. I can't find it. It's, it's literally like there's a lack of connection between my brain and that section of my body or that, you know, there's been times where you're like fire that, you know, ab muscle right there. And I'm like, I don't know where that is. And then, you know, you'll, you'll pull it out or you'll, you'll stimulate somehow to, to, Oh, there it is. And then I can start to flex it, but it's crazy how your brain just then overcompensates in other yes. parts of the body. It's so smart. It's a very efficient system, but yeah. it can be a problem, right? So, you know, with the um, kind of finding awareness, I try to make it because it can get real complicated real fast. So what I've tried to do is to modify it and simplify it so that anybody can do it. Um, so really just breaking it way, way down. You know, you've got five senses and those five senses are your auditory, your feel, your tactile feel, your vision, your smell, and your taste. Well, obviously, as a physical therapist, I can't make you eat your way to better posture or smell your way to better posture, unfortunately, but I can definitely use those other three senses, you know, and neurons that fire together, rewire together. So, Red, anyone that is listening to this, I highly recommend to read chapters three, five, and eight of The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Doidge. It's an awesome book. It's Say a the compi- name of it again. Um, the Brain That Changes Itself by okay. Norman Doidge. Um, it is a book of comp- like a compilation of many neuroscientists that have really kind of proven that the brain is the main operating system and to become aware. So 
how I use those, those three senses is the auditory, as I have different cues that I use through comparing and contrasting. So you, ha you have to kind of give your body a feel to be able to pick up what is right and what is wrong in the positions. So I give you kind of the good and the bad position, and then you try to hold the good. Um, and then my other portion is the, the feel. So you're feeling your body move into the bad position and the good position. Mm -hmm. And then that last piece is that visual, and that's you standing in front of a mirror. So for the first, like, you know, three weeks of your training, I would have you be working on correcting your posture and your position um, by trying to hit all three of those senses, because the more senses that I can get your brain working on, the faster that it's going to cause neuroplasticity and a change in your brain. There's also proof of, you know, he, he points out in the book, Tob, who is another neuroscientist, his training principles and the best way to cause neuroplasticity to occur, meaning change in your brain and a habit, a good habit to be taken up, yep. um, is training more effectively the skill that relates to your everyday life. So if I try to train you to do CrossFit, but you never have to lift boxes at your job and trying to lift all this heavy weight doing squats, it's really not... Um, you know, if you, if you don't do it in your day to day, it's going to be harder. What do you do in your day to day? You sit, you stand, you walk for most population. Yep. So I kind of try to put this postural setting into those three things. So training skill that you use every day. Another one is incremental training. So you kind of go through increments of, I want you to do this for 60 seconds for on, on the hour. And that's what I tell you to do. Um, and I also do interval training. So incremental interval training so that you, I'm not telling you, Pete, that I'm making realistic goals pretty much for you. Right. And that's what I've tried to do. And you say, well, every hour, man, that's a lot. And I tell people, try to set your phone, let it go off. And for 60 seconds, I want you to go through those four things that we have gone through, which I can totally go through them over the podcast here today um, to correct your posture. And that gives people a way to like actually implement this. Because it's like, you know, well, all you got to do, Peter, is get better posture. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the million dollar question. That's why people pay me the big bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So I can give my patients a way to get there. It's like there's a clear communication. It's like, oh, it's that easy? Okay, I got this. Yeah. And so for every, with all of my patients, first, I used to go in and like, you know, okay, where's your pain? I got wrist pain. I got elbow pain. I would, you know, do all of my tests that they've taught me in physical therapy school, tech, check the active range of motion, passive range of motion, strength. And what does that tell me? It doesn't tell me much, you know? Yeah. So really my first session now, I'm doing a lot of functional movement screening, checking how you move, how you walk, how you squat, how you sit, how you stand, seeing how your body moves so I can pick up these postural malalignments because your body hates asymmetries. <laughs> and then I'm teaching you right away how to, effectively start to change your posture and that can be monumental change before any of the other you know so that say your goal because I'm working a lot with fitness um, clients and so say your goal is I want to work out pain-free that's like another million dollar question let's just be honest but if I can't get you to be able to fix your posture every day in your day-to-day -day, how you think you're going to go into the gym and have no pain whenever you work out Right. So you have to, once again, build the foundation and start making this a natural habit so that whenever you're ready to squat in the gym late at night after work and you're tired, you don't have to think about it because you already are creating that good habit mm -hmm. of fixing those kind of four bones like we talked or the three bones. And the last one is the feet, um, putting them into a good position. So, yeah. 
Well, it is. I mean, we talk about neuroplasticity and, and I mean, what's interesting is you're a physical, you know, therapist, but I've had many conversations with other uh, mental, um, you know, personal development people or authors that talk about, you know, your mindset, psychology, and how the neuroplasticity is still very similar. The, the brain is still seeking the path of least resistance. It and, sure is. And if the groove that you've set in your head is, I'm not good enough, or I'm not loved from a psychological standpoint, it's going to continue to fire that. Same thing. This is what's so fascinating to me is how that correlates to the body and how, hey, if there's pain in my left quad as there was earlier, and it's not functional or it's not uh, efficient to, or I can basically solve the same problem by going to my strong side and my brain goes, oh, okay, let's do that. But over time, that groove, that conditioning uh, can tend to miss backtrack. You know, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to backtrack in order to, to reestablish that foundation. And it's just, it's fascinating to me how the, the mind and the body work together in that, in that way. Um, cause often these things are temporary solutions that get set in stone and then projected out over time. And now you're off alignment. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was it's, obviously not just the skeletal structure because one of the things that you told me recently that I thought was really fascinating was, Hey, and this to me speaks to the mindset. I think where the average person is, Oh, I'm, I'm hurting or I'm struggling. And especially for guys, especially, you know, I've been to CrossFit and stuff like that. I'm going to go work out harder. I'm going to push through it. Right. And, um, and I did CrossFit for a little while and I, and I, and I have that mindset of like, you know, muscle through it or whatever. But one of the things that you illuminated for me was I'm overdeveloped in the front, you know, comparative to my own body. I'm not saying that uh, I'm overdeveloped in general, although it's, it's clear <laughs> that that could be a, a real possibility. But the, you were saying how the front of my body was overdeveloped and my back was underdeveloped and my glutes and my on things on my left side. So with, with an overdeveloped front, it's pulling everything forward. And so my shoulders are rolled, my, you know, my pecs are pulling everything forward. And you showed me on the, on the skeleton you have in your office of how, I forget what bone this is right here. Your humerus is rolled forward. Yeah. Yep, it's being pulled forward, which is again, knocking things out of alignment. So it's not just the skeletal structure. It's also the muscular tissue that surrounds it. Right. So what advice can you give somebody that's listening? listening to better prevent injury or to perhaps self-diagnose to go, Oh, maybe I'm, maybe my, my workout is actually affecting my posture and I should look a little bit more at the foundational posture issues rather than trying to muscle through it in the, in the workout room. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, it's the most important thing is to set the foundation of a less decrease your inflammation. <laughs> so we want to, first of all, create a happy environment to your body of, you know, as minimal inflammation as possible. So what does that start with? Your diet. If your diet is crap, you're probably going to have some pain, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, really fixing out, trying to eat a less inflammatory diet. I work at Palm Health three days a week. And that's a holistic wellness center in Ladue. It's awesome. It's taught me a whole lot about how important the diet is. Hmm. Um, because say that your shoulder is out of alignment and you went and ate Chick-fil-A and you got a fried chicken sandwich with waffle fries, Chick-fil-A sauce and a cookies and cream shake with whipped cream on top and a cherry. Oh, and you ate good. all of that. Doesn't that sound great? So those <laughs> sugar addictions are real, <laughs> but you ate all of that. And then all of a sudden the next morning it was raining like it is out today. 
and mm. your shoulder is just hurting, you know? So mm. first of all, your shoulder's out of alignment. So you're just mm. going to be more prone to inflammation. So there's going to be a chemical process that's going to occur in your body and you ate like crap. So obviously, you know, your inflammation levels are higher. So those cytokines, all of this stuff is even on a cellular level, it's crazy. But, you know, and then you don't work out, so you don't bring any aerobic into it, and your diaphragm's off, so you're not breathing. There's no oxidation occurring in your body. Mm. We have many things that are going on, right? So we tell what I really think is for, like, a healthy lifestyle, and what American is not super busy. That's what we try to do, America the Great, right? Let's yep. do as much as we can as possible, and our bodies kind of go on the back burner. So for those who more of the population doesn't have time to work out. So I would say if you don't have time to work out and you want to do something about your body, eat right and maybe see a dietitian nutritionist who is in functional medicine or holistic health, get a functional medicine doctor. They're great, great resources. Um, and then, you know, going from there is the posture component. So working on your, your position, your posture, becoming more aware throughout the day if you don't have, you know, you don't have any idea of how to do that, finding a therapist that does um, work in that or even a trainer that does work in that, or there's YouTube is such a, you know, it's, you, there's good and bad on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. But finding a good person to follow that preaches posture and alignment. And then once you've got that down, okay, now, if you want to work out and you've got time for it, great. So going to, to the gym to work out, that's just, it's, that's always been my challenge as a therapist, right? Because people want to go back to working out, but some people do yoga, some people do Pilates, some people go to the gym, some people do CrossFit, some are runners. There's, it's just all over the board. Mm. So I can't say that one thing is better. Well, I can say that Pilates is, is pretty awesome um, <laughs> because what does it do? It works on breathing and, and core strength and gluteal component, which is the foundation of the human body. So you want to get into training. If you're going to train in CrossFit, you better have a, a damn near perfect alignment because if mm. you don't, you're going to break down. You got to know how to diaphragmatic breathe because you're lifting what, 200 to 400 pounds over, you know, that barbell over your back, sometimes into the squats. So if you're off just a little bit and you're not breathing, you're going to break down. So if you are going to do something that's a little bit more high risk, um, then you need to have that all set up before you go into it. Because if you don't and you're just like, oh, I just want to burn, you know, burn calories, lose weight. And that's kind of where we've gone recently in the fitness world is HIIT mm -hmm. training, Orange mm -hmm. Theory. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it unless you don't have good posture and awareness. You're well, everybody talks about cross, CrossFit and how many injuries there are. And it's, it's, I did CrossFit for a year last year and I had a pretty good trainer and he was, you know, very focused on posture and the correct uh, fundamentals when lifting. And I didn't experience any significant injuries, you know, maybe tightness or whatever, but, um, but so many people go in and. And don't have that person there for them. Correct. Even if they're quote unquote doing it right, where they're, they're seeing results. Like you said, if you're out of alignment, you're, you're compounding a, you know, it's a snowball, right? And, and, Correct. and I think that's probably why you see so many injuries in CrossFit, I had to guess, but. Yeah. So that's kind of my whole portion of it. And then the last piece of it is, um, I work a lot now with, um, 
people who have high stress, they, you know, they've pushed themselves really hard in life and some of them are retiring and they're realizing their body is completely broken down and they're, they haven't ever been aware of their machine. You know, they've just been mentally focused in their work. Mm -hmm. um, and now they're in a bit, you know, a bad place or those who have, who are young and hungry and they're pushing themselves too hard and um, they're on stimulants, you know, so they're already at a high, high level. And they're kind of in this, we have your sympathetic autonomic nervous system and your parasympathetic, aka breaking it down. You have, you've talked to many people on your podcast about this, um, but for those listeners who don't really understand those big words, it is the parasympathetic is the rest, the digest. It's kind of whenever you are in your happy state, you're on vacation with your family, you know, you're enjoying yourself, you're, um, you're just kind of coasting along in the car. The car doesn't need a whole lot of fuel, but it's just, you know, going about 20 miles per hour down the road. The person that you get behind that goes really slow, that's enjoying the, the flowers and the trees and you're in a rush, you know, that person, yeah. they're probably in parasympathetic. <laughs> and are, are you talking about a state of being or are you so talking about? A state of being, you got okay. it. Where, okay. you're, where really your brain is at, you know, mm -hmm. you got your, or you can go into the sympathetic so the sympathetic is kind of that fight or flight where you're getting chased back then they say chased by a lion. Right. So you're sweating, your digestive system stops, you know, mo causing motility to occur. You're stressed out, your cortisol hormones are releasing, um, and you're kind of causing inflammation within your body. You're not really being able to breathe. I think that's the really big portion of the sympathetic is your breathing changes and you start to breathe north to south kind of up into your rib cage versus east to west where your rib cage is expanding and closing, you know, that rib excursion and the belly is coming out and in. Yeah. So the breathing changes, there's less oxygen. You see how this diaphragm thing is like really important. Huge. Um, so those people, I see so many people that are in a sympathetic state that have chronic pain. And it makes complete sense to me. Finally, I used to try to treat the body because they just taught me in school. It's all about the physical there's no mental component. There's no chemical component. It is so interrelated. It's crazy, right? Yeah, and right. thank gosh, I finally have had some mental clarity in the past couple of years to really start to see that. And those are, are a lot of my patients is these people that are in the sympathetic system. And my hardest job is to trying to teach them how to get out of it. Because whenever you're in that system of high stress, well, first of all, you're not breathing, right, probably. And you kind of just have more muscle tension. Your body doesn't like that. So you're driving down the, you know, the road at 60 miles per hour versus 20 to 30. And that is not a happy state of mind to be in for a long time. Your body doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um, a lot of the population that is common that I'm seeing. And they have a lot of injury or, or pain. They don't really have injury, right? Those are those people who, who don't really have a, an injury that I ask them about. They just have chronic pain mm -hmm. for no reason. It's like, yeah, yeah, there is a reason, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is really um, how to move that into fitness is important. So you are all stressed out all day long. And then you're like, oh, if I just go to the gym, I'm going to burn it off. Mm -mm. Yeah. All you're going to do is wear your body out even more right. and cause more inflammation and wake up really sore because you have high lactate levels floating around in your body. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes, especially those athletes too, you know, or people that just want to get a good workout and it is working out is good. It just all depends on where you are, you know, 
um, in your state of health. So Mm -hmm. if you're already having pain, stressed out, a high intensity workout is not what you should be doing. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's more what you should be doing is a restorative kind of workout. So maybe yoga, if you're not hypermobile and hyperflexible, like a lot of women, but males would would really benefit from yoga Mm -hmm. um, or doing some mobility work, like with what you you do at Ryan's gym. Um, Finding all of that that goes into one another is really nice. Now, for someone who wants to lose weight, that's going to be diet, number one, you know, and then your cardio is important because you want to kind of be in that fat metabolism zone of 65% of your max heart rate and then a little bit of resistance training. But if you're already stressed out and you have a high inflammation, a poor diet, and you go and you to the gym five days a week and you try lifting really heavy, you're asking for injuries, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your body cannot heal. So, yeah, that's um, – you can't sit there and put everyone in a box is what I've learned. You have to learn the person – and then kind of work with what they've got going. Yeah, you know? that makes a ton of sense. Are there, uh, that said, are there some universal things that people can do to help at the very least give them some uh, visibility into their correct posture or perhaps their incorrect posture? So one of the examples that you gave earlier on the call was you know, just standing up against a wall. How far away is your head from the wall and pushing your head back? And I remember when I think, I think it was you when I, or maybe it was my uh, chiropractor, but just realizing how far forward my head was and how that's pulling my shoulders and everything else forward. And he put my head in the proper alignment and it felt, I felt like I was putting my head, you know, two feet behind. I felt like I was, you know, my body was leading my head by two feet or something. It felt so awkward. And he's like, no, that's, that's actually correct alignment. I was like, wow, I can't believe it was that far off. Yeah. So Standing up against a wall, are there other things that somebody can do to just give them a clue as to their... their so I, what I would do is get your iPhone out and take, have your loved one or someone take a picture of you, first of all, um, just because even standing in front of a mirror, you may not really realize it. So take a picture of yourself in a side view and a front view, and on the side view, draw a line up from your ankle bone, so that malleoli on the outside, kind of where your heel is intersecting it intersects your heel bone so you're going to draw it straight up through your tibia bone or your lower leg up through your femur through your pelvis up all the way to your head let that line though be all straight from your ankle bone and then see kind of where you are with your head is it in front of that line is it your shoulders that are in front of that line do you have a big high arch in your lumbar spine and start there So that's kind of what I do is that kind of screen as I take a picture of someone and I draw this line and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I look like that. That's the best thing right there. And it's like, yeah. Or like you said, standing on the wall and realizing that your head is forward. But here's the thing, Peter, just pulling your head back isn't the fix. I've done many chin tucks and it doesn't fix people's neck pain, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where it's like, well, where's your pelvis? Is your shoulder girdle underneath your pelvis? Mm, Not really. So that's kind of, it's more your your rib cage, your head is attached to your rib cage. So if your rib cage is still forward and you try doing the chin to throw to the chin tuck, AKA, it's really not going to change anything. You've got to kind of lift that rib cage and then naturally you'll notice your head wants to align. Right. You know, 
So um, I'm going to go through those four things just really quick. Yeah, please. Compare, contrast, because you're your best therapist. So being able to compare and contrast the good and the bad is a really easy way for you to get a feel. And you learn a lot, 80% of what we can learn or pick up on is by what we feel. You can only really learn 10 to 20% of what you read or what you hear. So feeling it is this aha moment that you'll have within your body and comparing and contrasting is the best way to get there. So if you kind of start through your spine, one of the three biggest bones that are surrounding the spine is your rib cage, your shoulder blades, Mm -hmm. and your pelvis. (laughs) Look at you trying to get better posture over here. I love it. So those three big bones. So we want to move those three big bones into the right position because they're all connected into the spine. And if I can, then your spine's going to go to a better position. So you kind of take your whole rib cage and you go rib cage down is the bad and rib cage up is the good. You do that a couple of times. And now what are we doing? We're back to those auditory. So you're telling yourself and that feel. And if you're in front of a mirror, you can see. So you're back to your neurons are firing together. So your rib cage down is the bad rib cage up is the good. And now your head is probably already in a better position. So you Mm want to hold the rib cage up. Mm-hmm. And then next you moved into the shoulder blade. So you go shoulder shrug and you shrug your shoulders up and then you just relax your shoulders down and they're just kind of resting down in and together, those shoulder blades. And that's the good shoulder shrug is the bad shoulder depress is the good. And then you go down into your pelvis. And this is probably the hardest part is because you don't know how many people are unaware of how to move their pelvis. Mm-hmm. I would say 70% of my clients can't move their pelvis. That's why we have pain can't move them they cannot move it i say rock your pelvis forward now pull it back and there they just can't move it so they just are so unaware a lot of males actually sure um so then you move the pelvis forward into the hyper arched position and that's the wrong because your pelvis isn't meant to be rocked way forward and then you just gently tuck it back to where you feel those abs engage and that's the good position you Mm. don't want to tuck it so far back that you're on your sacrum you know, or your tailbone per se, you want to just rock it back to where you're on your sits bones right into the chair and you feel your abs engaged. And you probably already grew, you know, two inches taller, three inches taller, just with those, those three, moving those three bones. Mm. And then if you're in standing, you rock your body weight forward through your toes and then rock it back where you're kind of under, not back on your heel all the way, but just underneath your heel bone. And then that's how I kind of set people into that good position or posture. So a lot of people stand on their toes with their pelvis rocked forward and their shoulders are forward and down. Um, So that's how, if you did an x-ray of someone, that's why these tools, these diagnostic images, I just question them sometimes. They're good, but I don't think they're the gold standard like we Mm -hmm. think that they are, right? Mm -hmm. Because how is the person whenever, what's their posture look like whenever they shoot that x-ray? Is their head forward? Is their, you know, their, their shoulders down? Hmm. Or, and, and then they say, you have decreased space in your joint, right? And your nerve is getting compressed. If I were to tell them to go through all of those postural cues and retake that x-ray, all of a sudden you create space within your joints and it's like a totally different x-ray. Hmm. So, you know, there's just so much out there that it's hard to navigate your way through, right? Hmm. So it's almost nice to have somebody that you can follow. Like I said, if you find someone um, that's really good physical therapy, a lot of physical therapists are, is a good way to start. Um, But you have to find one that's kind of into this holistic whole being 
um, kind of method. You even told me Egoskew or Egoskew. Egoskew, yeah. Egoskew about yeah. them. They also have a good program, I think, going. Um, so finding someone that you can follow and, and navigating your way and with the right person, obviously, yeah. is, is good to have someone on your side. Or your Pilates instructor, if they are really, you know, good at helping you out, then stick with them. But it does kind of take a little bit of some assistance, I'd say. Yeah. Um, to get there. It's very hard just to try to navigate your way through if you don't have any idea about the human body. But I would have to say that me working in a um, hospital-based system that was all about diagnoses, and I only got to really treat people after the problem, after that, I would treat people for post-surgical, right? Or um, they're so bad off, there's no preventative or maintenance. They could have mm -hmm. come to me five years ago and prevented what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so I was doing all symptom-based treatments. And then now I'm kind of doing preventative work. And it has opened up my eyes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And it's really been a, a great changing experience for my patients and both me, too. Yeah. So... so what you're saying is, is there's no YouTube or Instagram channel that we can go follow for Ashley. Is that what you're saying? Not as of yet. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time because I know that you don't have one, and but you should. This is good Maybe stuff. Maybe to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's definitely, I'm here to help people. That's what my, my dream is. And Well, actually, I, I wanted to actually ask you about that because it, it, that matters to me. That ma that doesn't necessarily matter to everybody, but I think it matters to some people. Like, why do you do what you do? And one of the things that I loved that you told me right out of the gate was, I want to teach you things so that you don't ever have to see me again. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want you in here. I don't want you a, a consistent client. I want you to fix your problem. And I also, you also said, I want to empower you. So yes. I love learning and, and being able to self-diagnose and, and, you know, and I'll notice throughout my day now, there'll be little red flags like, oh, shoulders back, you know, or oh, I'm, I'm tense, you know, breathe, breathe more in the diaphragm. Um, so let's just, if we can take a step back really quick, why do you do what you do? Why is this important to you? Yeah, I don't, it's just, I think that um, I'm, I'm called to do this. I've got a calling on my life, most definitely. Um, I have always been down the path of physical therapy rehab. Whenever I was a young girl in high school, I was a physical therapy tech. And then I became a personal trainer while I was in undergrad and through my college years, I got my doctorate. And then, um, you know, I just always fascinated me the human body. And I was always very physical. And then one day, I think the good Lord made this happen for a reason. I was rock repelling um, in Tennessee and I free fell down a mountain 30 feet and I shouldn't be alive, Peter. Wow. They had me labeled as a spinal cord injury, wow. came down hard. My bone came through my arm. Um, mm. My hip got all messed up. I completely dislocated my ankle. And so, but I felt like there was a calmness that day and mm. he saved me. Right. So mm. I went through a lot of physical therapy and it was not very good physical therapy. They would forget about me in the back room. The timer would go off and I'd have to, Hey guys, I'm done back here. They have me on East and heat. Um, they just didn't care. They didn't care about my about their job and or what they were doing for me. And so that kind of developed this deep passion inside of me that was like, man, I got to change this. Like, this is not okay. Like people really do need help, right? So then I started rehabbing myself and trying to kind of figure out how to um, get out of this pain that I was having. And luckily, I, I got out of it for a while. And that was in 2009 that that happened. And then about like you, we talked about for you, it took a couple of years before the pain started to really set in. And then I started having chronic pain again. And so um, getting back into like figuring this out 
And I was in physical therapy school trying to see if like these little small exercises would work and navigating my way through and it didn't really work. And so I was frustrated, right? Because I'm like going to school, paying all this money, getting my doctorate of physical therapy and these small exercises weren't working. So I was like, there's gotta be something more. And it's just, I'm eager to learn. I'm hungry to learn. And I want to help people. Like, it's just a passion. I don't know. Some people have it, I guess. Some people mm-hmm. don't. I, I've got it. It's just my, some, one of my gifts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just used, I think that that's the reason why I fell off that mountain that day. Mm-hmm. Because it's helped me to get to helping so many others um, and figuring out this whole body. And it's just crazy how he has put even you, you know, in my life, um, all of my people that are in my life, I think are there for a reason. And it's grown me to these past, I'd say like three years, I'm starting to like really see this bigger picture and it has impacted my pain level. My, you know, I'm really, really physical in my job. And so I recommend people finding someone where, because you can spend a lot of time, energy and money, a lot of money. If you try to think someone else is going to fix you. No one else is going to fix you. Mm -hmm. The person that may help to fix you is to teach you how to fix yourself. You know, you are your best physical therapist. You're your best rehab person, right? But really, you know, educating those to be able to, as I only get to see you for 60 minutes, maybe one time a week, that's not going to fix you. It's going to make you feel temporarily better. Like you go to the massage therapist and you feel better until the next day or two days later or you go and get popped by the chiropractor and it puts you back into place. You get off of the table, you go back to the same patterns and then you start hurting again. Mm -hmm. How do you not hurt again? So that's what I think it is, is like finding that person that can help to teach you how you're going to move and live the other 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that's just where I've come along my pathway and like why this has, you know, slowly come together for me but I'm here to help others. And I feel like, you know, I still haven't completely mastered that because I think I need to be helping a bigger mass. Um, But there's a lot of people out there with pain. Every person, just because I'm a therapist, do you know how many people they'll straight up just start talking to me about all their problems, right? (laughs) It's like I'm a counselor or something. (laughs) And I will tell you, like, I don't know many people. They're like, yeah, I live a pain-free life. I don't have anything going on. I feel awesome every day. Like, if you're that person, can I have what you're taking, please? Right. You know, right. so I think everybody's dealing with it and preventing it until it turns into a big and ugly later in life. Because if you don't, there's, those are signals Yes. to say, alarm, alarm, something's not right, working right, you know? So that's was, kind of where. I was just going to say, like, there's, there's a, a beautiful intelligence in the pain. Uh, if you if you can connect to that and and sort of reframe uh, one's perspective on that, and obviously as we age, the human experience is a limiting one; it's a deteriorating one. But um, to be able to go through life in uh, in with full um, alignment, I guess, if you will, um, the pain that I've started to experience as I've hit middle age now are just like you said, just signals, just opportunities to learn. Like the, the, some, I've learned so much this year. I've grown so much. Um, I'm actually in better physical shape this year than I was last year. Um, and that to me is exciting. And so if you can see the pain as really just an opportunity to learn and grow, um, your body's signaling you something. Your, your body's trying to let you know that, that there's something better. 
it's kind of a, yeah. it's kind of a neat way to connect to the frustration and the pain that we sometimes experience. Yeah. Um, there's something there's something there you don't know that you're about to learn that can really serve you and free you, which is cool. Right. And two, I think your mood, your energy, and everything changes whenever your bones are in a better position, the more optimal position. Because if your bones are in the better position, your whole body can work more efficiently. Even down, you know, like we talked about diaphragm, oxygen, blood cells, even the cerebral spinal fluid to the brain. If your neck is forward here, yep. your cerebral spinal fluid encases your whole entire spinal cord. So you're pinching off that flow. So it's like, why do I not have mental clarity? Why am I so tired? Why am I lethargic? Well, it's probably because your brain's not getting cerebral spinal flow fluid. You know, they call that kind of that, um, not the, the myofascia, but the craniosacral work that people do. There is something to that, right? But it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, you can do this craniosacral, get this flow going. But then you get it once again off the table. It's going to be limited again. So if you do the craniosacral, it needs to be coupled with preventing that, what's going to cause that pinch off again. But I think that it'll change even your mental state. Um, you know, people who just don't feel good about themselves, they don't have a good self-esteem. You go around, you look at your friend group, and you're, if you have friends that don't, you know, have gone through a lot of things that are, that are going on internally, they also probably don't look good either, you yeah. know? So that's just, it's also correlated. Um, but yeah, I'm just such a big believer of like, let's treat the body as a whole and, and get you looking better, feeling better because your posture is a sign of aging. You know, if yeah. you have good posture and you're 50, you're 60, like you're, you don't look like you're 50 or 60, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> very so, true. Yeah. I remember seeing, uh, I remember seeing this guy, I was down in Florida and I walked by a martial arts place and this guy was, uh, I was watching, I was getting some ice cream with my kids and we walked by and I saw this guy and he had gray hair and everything, but he was yes. in there almost doing a split, uh, and you know, sweating and physically moving. And I was like, dang, look at that guy. He's still getting after it. We went and got our ice cream and, and on our way back, he was just coming out. And so I, briefly chatted with him. I'm like, what's your secret order? And he started to launch into posture and flexibility and, you know, so doing what, yeah, most people can't even do when they're in their late twenties or thirties, yep. still able to do it, uh, on a, on a much longer scale, which is martial art. People are very in tune with their bodies and that goes back to that awareness. Um, and it's funny you say kids just really quick, you know, that's our future is kids. And I think that even for me, so, you know, I'm in my 30s, and I don't, I don't even have as much going on with the whole iPhone, Snapchat, all this stuff that these kids are just engulfed with. They're just like sucked into their phones, you know? Mm -hmm. So this whole new um, kind of like tech thing that's happening, tech neck, all of that, the millennials, the even younger guys, they are experiencing things that are going to haunt them for the rest of their lives because like we talked about, your brain is so plastic the yeah. first, you know, 16 years of your life and they're developing such awful habits, awful habits that are going to be really hard to change. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's going to become more of an epidemic, this whole pain thing and posturing mm -hmm. as we keep going on. And it's just going to, maybe that's the thing that's going to really surface this whole posture piece that we're missing mm -hmm. um, to, to the surface, right? Is as these kids are growing up, I see 14 year olds with migraines and they, their mom and dads don't know why they have migraines. So they take them to the doctor and they put them on meds, right. which is the pharmaceutical companies. All these parents think that, well, 
we'll just fix it with the medications or, but it's like, uh, what's the kid's diet look like or how much screen time are they having? You know, where are they, where's their position whenever they're doing their homework? So all of those things are getting really out of control, really out of control. Kids are not aware of where the heck they are in space. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's mind blowing. Some of the kids that I've assessed and taken pictures of, they're worse than any of the adults that I've seen. Wow. Yeah. So we're about to see some real big stuff. I think in the next 10 years, as those kids go into the workforce, yeah. they're in their twenties, thirties, they're going to have, you know, a lot of pain and where they're going to need answers, you know, yeah. and medication isn't going to be the only answer. It'll, it'll work for a couple of years, but they'll start to really realize this whole piece. So I think holistic functional medicine, postural component is going to start to really evolve in the next 15, 20 years. Very cool. Well, um, this conversation is one small dent in uh, pointing in the right direction, I think. Um, yeah. And it is just to sort of wrap up. I, I think where I've been led to thus far in my journey to go back to breathing. Like that is, that is one of my biggest things right now that I've talked with you about, that I've talked with my chiropractor about how I've just been breathing so much in my chest, especially if I'm doing more physically active things. Um, I, I left my chiropractor's office the other day and he's like, and I asked him, I'm like, is it really my, he's like my, or I told him, I said, this rib keeps popping out of place. I thought you said over time, he's like, yeah, but, um, how are you breathing? He's like, really what's coming, what it's coming down is, is you're breathing up in your chest. You know, it's what, what is it? The sympathetic, the sympathetic nervous system, chest breathing, North, South breathing. Yep. Yes. So it, it's more <laughs> the, the fight or flight type yeah. breathing up in my chest. And I need to just really learn how to reteach myself to learn from uh, breathe from the diaphragm rather. I mean, how fundamental is breathing? And yet, you know, that's just something that I have to relearn. So, and that's a part of like why this whole CBD thing is getting so big too, is it's all, it's really what it's doing is taking those hyper anxious people, calming their nervous system mm -hmm. and getting them back to that. It's like all, it all comes back down to parasympathetic. It, it really does. That's crazy. So, Yeah. Well, Ashley, this has been uh, super informative. Informative. Every time I talk to you, I feel like I take away something new. And it's uh, good. certainly was the case here. So thank you for your time. This is super helpful. Hopefully, uh, listeners gain a, a few things themselves. If anybody is interested in reaching out to you, do you have um, how how can somebody connect with you? Yeah, so they can either email me or call my cell phone. Um, so it's five seven three two seven zero thirty two sixty eight, or email me at a kumar k u m a r pt one on one that's the number one o n the number one at gmail.com um so i have a website all of that facebook page that i try to post on regularly to give people just some guidance um that's kind of where i'm at right now so i am at palm health three days a week in ladue and then i also work at another location um, inside of primal gym right now so that's kind of where i'm at um, but I'm was more than happy to help others in their journey on creating a more optimal alignment, health, feeling better kind of big picture. So that's cool. what it's all about. Well, we are in the St. Louis area. If somebody's listening and they're in the St. Louis, Missouri area in the United States, because we do have people listening from all over the world. So uh, if you're not in the United States or not in the Missouri area, you probably won't be able to see Ashley in person, but uh, you have her contact info if you want to reach out. So again, thank you, Ashley. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Peters. Take care. Take care.